Good evening and welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight our topic is Philippians 4, our faith in action. Yeah, Philippians 4 is a short little chapter, but has a lot of meat. It does. And I tell you, when I uh, was looking at it today, I was, when I started focusing on the actions, there's a lot of actions in this 23 verses. I mean, uh, the first uh, nine verses, Paul gives the Philippians a bunch of ten actions to do to mm. carry out their faith. And then, you know, we go on, but maybe we could... And this is the last chapter of Philippians. There's only four chapters. That's this right. Is, this is the last chapter. So this is like the closing on the letter. Mm-hmm. This would be the last few things he wants to say before he signs off. So. Mm-hmm. And it's a good one. So do you want to start reading? Um, or you want me to? Go ahead. Okay, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation this time. Any translation you want to use is just fine. So, But this is, I just chose this one today, and it's, it's really good. So I'm going to read 1 through 9. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive from my work. Now I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, please, Because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. For they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So I had, before we um, got here, I had underlined, you know, all the actions Paul gave these, or commands, or I don't know what you'd say, but mm-hmm. I had thought there were eight. Then you, you showed me, no, there was two more, but actually there's another one, remember. Mm. So there's actually... Um, eleven. Eleven, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, Paul tells the Philippian church, the church family, to do 11 actions to carry out their faith. and 11 actions in 9 verses. In 9 verses. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that, okay, the first one is stay true to the Lord. And I kind of think the rest of them flow out of that. Yeah, because I think, again, this is full, coming full circle back to Philippians 1. He's telling the church... You're doing it right. Stay right. right. Stay, the stay true. Yeah. Stay true. Stay what you're doing. Yeah. And I, um, well, I also think, okay, well, why don't we just say what they are? You know, so if if someone's not looking at their Bibles, okay. which uh, they were, and I'll just read the ones that I underlined, the eleven ones. First, he tells them to stay true to the Lord, and then he says specifically to the two women, uh, settle your disagreement. And then the third one is he tells the, the rest of them, help these two women. Then always be full of joy in the Lord. Then remember the Lord is coming soon. 
The next one is don't worry about anything. The next one after that is pray about everything. The next one is tell God what you need. Then we have fix your thoughts, think about things, and keep putting into practice. And that really, it almost covers everything. Don't worry, pray, rejoice, fix your thoughts, like train your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just amazing. You know, if, if this is all we had of the Bible, you know, if we're already believers and these are the only nine verses that we could remember, Mm -hmm. these could keep us on track. I don't recommend just having nine verses, but I mean, it. And a lot of these are ones that are, they're the quotable ones, they're the ones people remember. Yeah. And then I find it interesting that he, in in this public letter to the Philippians, he calls out these two ladies in front of the church. And I, I guess part of me thinks, I don't know if I'd have the boldness to do that because it's a little embarrassing for them. But, but then again, what do you think about that? Hmm. Well, in saying it, he says that, again, telling the church they're doing things right. And he does mention that these women were... They're in a disagreement. Well, not just that they were in disagreement, but they worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. So these are people he knows intimately. Yeah. And he loves them. And I think he is comfortable calling them out on this. That has um, to be. He must have been so close to them. And they that must know that they'll take it for what he's saying. So, yeah. So they probably... He probably, assume, not assumed, but just knew that if he said this to them... They would realize he had the best, their best interest in heart. But then he goes ahead and gives responsibility to the rest of the church, saying, you know, you need to help these women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they should have been doing that already because we are told, you know, to come alongside our, our brothers and sisters and help us live this life out. And if we do have a conflict with someone else and we can't um, uh, settle it with them, Mm-hmm. We can have another brother or sister come in, like maybe a third party, maybe to mediate, you know. And because we all are working for the same thing, we're working for Jesus. Right, and I did a quick search on the, that verse as well where it says, um, I ask you, my true partner, my true companion, it says mm-hmm. in some, um, does anybody know who that was? And the answer is no. But everybody reading the letter would know who he's talking about. Oh, I kind of just assumed it was the, the whole church. No, my true companion is singular. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't matter really in context right. of, of the verses for us. But it's interesting that he says that. But it, obviously it implies that someone, whoever's they're reading this, they know who he's talking about. Yeah, true. Whoever, whoever this guy is, mm-hmm. you know, help these two out. Help them. Help them figure this out. Yeah. I wonder what they fought about. Who knows? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't doctrinal, apparently, because right. that's not the issue here. So. Right. Right. It was just something personal, obviously. So. Uh, okay. Here's here's something I thought that would be a good thing for us to discuss because it's uh, contrary to what like the world says we can do. In in verse 8, Paul tells them to fix their thoughts. And um, first, the world almost thinks that we should be, that our emotions should should control us. That's kind of what it encourages, don't you think? I mean, 
Yeah, everything, you know, from advertising to um, what we would call media today is all gauged towards emotions. emotional appeals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you have the the gurus who say meditate and all mm. that kind of thing. But Paul gives some examples. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. So, like, when you hear those, like, what kinds of things would, would fall under that, do you think? I mean, what do you think of when, you, when you've read that? Because I know you've read it a zillion times. Sure. And reading that, I mean, he, he gives that list, like you said, true, noble. Whatever you learn to receive from me, seen to me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Yeah. So it's, he's, this is immediately following the, um, you know, rejoice in the Lord again. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Don't be anxious. Right. And pray about everything. Right. So he's talking about a peace of mind concept here, I think. Well, how about. When you put your mind on the right things, your mind will be in the right place. Like, Let's say I had a really rotten day, mm-hmm. and and it was, which I want to say I'm so thankful because I don't remember a rotten day that I've had. But, I mean, let's just say everything has gone wrong for me or for whoever. Whoever's listening to this, you have had a day that everything, absolutely everything's gone wrong. The whole world is against you or it feels that way. Even your family and friends and just anything that could go wrong went wrong. How do they do that? Fix their thoughts on... What, what what should a person like that do? Well, let me tell you this. Okay. No matter how rotten your day is, mm-hmm. you get a FaceTime call from Weston, our grandson. Well, yeah, I know. But I mean... Boom. Everything else goes away. Okay. Why? Because you focus on him. Okay. Because you're talking to him. He's talking to you. You focus on him. Mm-hmm. The, whatever is disturbing is gone because you're focused on a positive. Okay. He's a very much a positive in our lives. So if we put our minds on the positive things, what's noble, what's right, what's lovely, admirable, excellent, if we think about those things, we'll so, have peace. So even, No matter what. Okay, so let's say some rotten things happened. Mm-hmm. And you know how sometimes when something really bad happens and you can't, your, your mind is just dwelling on it. How do we get out of that dwelling? How do we do this? Change what you're thinking about. Change what your focus is. You know? Instead of road rage about the guy cutting you off, be grateful that nobody got hurt. Mm, yeah, Instead so you of, see the flip side. Look for positives. If you look for positives, they're always there. Right. And that's where the true, noble, excellent, worthy, sure. pure, lovely, some, some uh, the New American Standard says beautiful. Any blessings in your life. Mm-hmm. Think and on we all those. Have those. Think on those. Yes. If nothing else, if you can't think of anything, if you're you're obviously alive, if you're thinking and you're breathing, you can just start there. You can say, "Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this breath that I can breathe in and breathe out," and just start start small. Start right the center of you. All these different things, and and like even me sitting here right now, I can thank Jesus. For my breath, I can thank him that I have eyes that can see. 
I have a nose that smells. I have ears that hear. I mean, anyone can do that. I mean, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't have all those things, but I know you have something that you can be thankful for there in is, your own body. Yeah, there, we, are, we are surrounded by blessings every day. God is doing such wonderful things. You know, recently we had a couple of uh, elderly women in our community that are very near and dear to us that both had kind of miraculous recoveries from things. Um, and those kind of miracles are just awesome when you get to see them. But every day is a miracle in and mm-hmm. of itself. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the sunshine, the bird song, uh, the rain if it ever comes, you know, the, the wind in the trees. You can think about all those. So many wonderful things. Something you said, maybe it was in the sermon, or we talked mm-hmm. about it last night at the Bible study, is that the world is full of distractions. And the bad things that happen in our life, I mean, not that they're not real, but they're a distraction from how good God is. Or, you know, it, they, do they, can take, be. they can be. They do take our eyes off of Jesus and, and the good things that he has for us. And even in tragedy, he will show his goodness. And that's kind of, I think, also... It's a continuation of this disagreement with the women. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. It's kind I of a continuation. Maybe. He just said about, he, he tells talks about these women. They said they worked with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. Names are in the Book of Life. So they worked hard for me in telling other the good news. Right. So why would you be disagreeing? The two of you worked really hard to do these things. He's think reminding about this them. I think so. And then... Oh, I think I, some of this is focus on positives. I love that because you're right. Because if they follow this advice right here, they'll probably get over it. Because he says, full of joy, remember, pray, don't worry, fix your thoughts, think. You know, all that. Mm-hmm. If they do all that... Keep but, putting into practice everything you learned. Yeah, they'll If you put into practice it, what, what you learned from him, you, the forgiveness and mercy would all be part of that. So, I um, I have this quote here that I put uh-huh. on here. I, I just thought it was good, and it kind of, it, go, it does go along with this, and um, so apply it how you will. But mature Christians are able to do all things because they know they don't have to do everything. They acquire strength to live because they don't have to be anxious constantly attentive to trivia and they don't have to take the responsibility of the whole world on their shoulders i think i um yeah because that's that's coming out of 13 yeah four thirteen. for i could do everything through christ who gives me strength mm-hmm. um and oh, that's quoted a lot but i like what it, the concept here is you're strong because you, you're able to do all things because you know you can't do everything mm, yeah because what you can't do you can give to god and what you can do you do yeah mm-hmm do you if you're to, capable of doing it, do it. But if not, understand that God's got control. Yeah, maybe I should have read that later, but that's okay. That's all right. Okay, so... 10 through 17, I'll yeah. read that. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it was with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in this in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians are the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you helped more than help you sent help more than once. 
I don't say this because I want to give from you. Rather, I want, to re- I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Mm. He's know, thanking them. Yes. And this is my favorite verse out of this section is where he says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. So another translation says, I've learned to be content. And I love that because, you know, you think Paul knew so much, but he still had to learn how to be content. And I think that is a, a, a good thing for people to hear that just because you're not doing it, you're not content all the time, it's okay because you're learning how to be content more and more, if, I mean, if you want to. But well, I, and Paul's in prison. He is, yep. he is in a, you know, wrongly imprisoned right now. Um, but when we talked about this earlier in Philippians, but um, he's telling them it's almost as giving proof of what he had just said. Mm-hmm. Think about what's excellent. Don't worry about the rest of it. And this this section, I underlined ten thing ten actions Paul does himself. So it's like he's yeah, now saying I, how he's a lot doing of, it. There's a lot of eyes. Yeah. Yep. But that was after he told them how to live this out. And then he says, I praise, I know, I've learned. I can do everything through Christ. I first brought you the good news, then traveled. I don't say this because I want you to receive. So he's um, the focus is on him, but some would, we're told not to focus on ourselves. I mean, that's just not what we're supposed to do. So like some people would think he's bragging, but obviously he's not bragging. What is he doing? I think, again, he's giving them the example. Um, okay. When you go back, uh, if we go back just a little bit, um, if we go into nine, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me mm. or seen in me, mm-hmm. and then he goes through and he tells them, I am so great, grateful for what you've done. Not because I couldn't survive without it, because I could, but because it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. And he's, go, you know, he obviously goes on to ex- explain what he means by I, I could live without it. Um, it's one of these these concepts of, of he tells them to do something and then he gives them an example of how it's working for him. Mm-hmm. I think. I, that's yeah, just no, I, I think, think so. I think you're right. Because he kind of, by by following the the things he told them to do with what he's doing... It shows them he's putting the same stuff into action, and it's not like he says he has it all together. He is putting it into action, and it's a daily walk. We learn every day, and he he is in a great place because he has learned the secret of being content in every situation, but it took him a while to get there. And uh, Yeah, I think that's interesting, too. He mentions that, you know, I have learned. I have, in other words, it was a process. That. Yeah. It didn't come automatically. It's not easy, but I've learned to get to this point. And I think it, it, it's such great timing because he does write this from prison, and he can be content in prison, and he can focus on not his own needs because those prisons weren't like our prisons where, you know, they're always provided food, they have shelter, they're they're warm, and, you know, they they had to have people bring them food, and the conditions were... Not mm-hmm. good, you know. It's probably rat infested. And well, whatever it was, he was relying on others, on other people. And 
he does talk about earlier in the in the book. He talks about um, how it's going really well, and a lot of things are a lot of positive things are happening because he's there. But the what he's addressing here is the physical, mm-hmm. not the spiritual, but the physical. Yeah. And he says the fear this. The physical is conquered by the spiritual. And I think because he's learned to be content, he could do those spiritual works for Jesus. Like of course. If, if yeah. he, had he, come, wouldn't, he would not have been effective. if. if no, he, if he had been there and just been miserable, because he right. could very well be miserable, he wouldn't have reached out to the right. guards and all that stuff. So it was, But he spiritually overcame physical challenges. Yeah, and yeah. And the physical challenges are the day-to-day things that he would, you know... I think God was preparing him for this time to be in prison. And I think, you know, the blessing that he got from them, he did get a financial gift from them, obviously, that he got from Epaphroditus that delivered. Um, I think he's mentioned next. Yeah, he's mentioned next year. That that gift that he talks about um, where he says, you sent me aid more than once. Yeah. They're the only church that blessed him when he left. Right. When he went somewhere else, and he sent me, and you sent me aid more than once when I was in need, and again, now again. Yeah. So the, this church has been very faithful in supporting Paul's ministry. That's why this so, letter is so encouraging. And yeah, he is he is blessing them and thanking them for that, and explaining to them that you know what, God's got this, whether you you can help me or not. But a boy, I appreciate it when you do. You know, if you're listening to this. I really, again, recommend just read. It's only four chapters. Read Philippians. Read it a couple times. You know, I I think we could learn a lot from it just reading it once a week, you know, f- for a few months. I mean, because there's so much. Yeah, let's read, let's read 18 through 20. Oh, okay, okay. Let me, I'll get it. Um, mm-hmm. At the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. I like that. I do too. And and here... No, he's, he says... <clears throat> it's a... Con- 18 is probably more of a continuation of oh, 17. yes, right, right. Not that I desire your gifts... What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment. I have more than enough. Mm-hmm. I'm amply supplied now that I've received your gifts. Right. So he's he, he talks about um, thank you, thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. you know. And then I do like how. But. So we had. Uh, even more than you sending me something, the fact that you did send me something. Yeah. Is credited to your account. Yeah. I like that. It's not, it's not that, you know, they're not investing with expectations expectation return here and that's what he's saying it's credited to your account well yeah because i'm sure they don't expect anything from him he's in prison obviously not and but they gave anyway mm-hmm. you know sometimes people oh sorry i forgot to take my notifications off some people sometimes oh, there goes it again that's our daughter uh sometimes people give expecting a return and mm-hmm. uh that's not Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of a deal, maybe. It's not. Well, it's giving, but it's not. There's a reason for it, then. But what? Yeah. What, what Paul's saying here is that in his in his uh, 
graciousness, receiving this gift and his gratefulness and the fact that they've done it over and over again. He said, this just gets credit to your account. This is more and more and more. What a blessing Mm -hmm. it is. I like that. And And then in the end, he says, they're a fragrant offering, Mm. an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. And that is going back to Old Testament um, and New Testament times, I guess, um, when they would make sacrifices in the temple mm-hmm. and they would make burned offering sacrifices and they would burn incense mm-hmm. and the concept was that the you know the pleasing um, sense of that sacrifice would rise to God and he says this that's what this is mm-hmm. and I do it's like a fragrant offering and I like um, how he puts his once he says they're pleasing to God, then he puts the spotlight on God and what God's going to do for them. He'll supply every need. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. I don't know why, but it just strikes me that, and my God will meet all your needs. Oh, my God yeah. will meet all your needs. Yes. Yeah. That's true. My God has met all my needs, and my God will meet all your needs. Amen. Amen. And that. And then he says, to our God mm. and Father. Mm-hmm. So... To God our Father forever and ever. So I'll read the last three verses, 21 through 23. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings, too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I liked, I underlined that, especially those in Caesar's household. I just think that's so cool. Yeah. To know that now there's believers in Caesar's household. Right. And um, I have this quote here I thought was was good, too. It's another Peterson quote. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ creates a community in which people care for one another. We don't all get the same feelings out of our faith. We don't all get the same ideas out of it. We don't all get the same standard of living out of it. But we all get the same God who takes us seriously forgives us absolutely, loves us eternally, and supplies everything we need. And that should be our motivation for giving, the extravagant generosity of God. No, I like that. Yeah, I liked it. I, I love when Paul's writing a letter, it's just like, it's just like any other letter. You, you know, all these, all the, the books in the Bible, Colossians, Ephesians, um, Galatians, Philippians... They are all letters mm-hmm. written specifically to specific people. Mm-hmm. And he ends with, say hi to everybody for me. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody who's him. with me says hi too. Yeah. And, you know, that that connection there. And this, this is an interesting thing that I think we forget sometimes in the modern church. Um, in this New Testament church, which was just beginning. It was just starting. Right. Um, we read that before. Remember, he was writing a letter and said, make sure you share this with oh, yeah, one yeah, so yeah, Laodicea yeah, yeah. So yeah, right, right. and let the Laodiceans show you their letter. Right, yeah. Um, Paul's missionary journeys cranked out a lot of churches. He yeah. went through a lot. Um, and in doing so, as he's going around and spreading out these churches, the other thing he did is he connected them mm, with okay. each other. Networking. He would send people. Yeah, so it was a it was a network that was starting to be uh, supportive, and it was it was a network that would be um, 
capable of helping each other if in need mm-hmm. and sharing these letters from Paul or sharing other parts of the gospel or other things that they learn. So this is where the church, with capital C, I guess, um, really started to grow. Mm-hmm. And it started because like-minded lovers of Jesus Christ were reaching out to each other. Mm-hmm. And Paul is saying the same thing. Everybody here with me. I was I'm not going to list them all by name because yeah. it's probably too long a list. But greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. All God's people, not just your church. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I do like when you when you're reading this. I thought about well, obviously they're all in heaven now. This has been like a long, long time ago. This was written, and how rejoice, how much re- rejoicing must and still goes on. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to read Hebrews twelve one because then I thought of them. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So they're all rooting us on. Mm-hmm. And put your hand down, relax. I'm sorry, Shannon it's is. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this was a good letter. We yeah. really hope you read it. Yeah, and it's this is a very positive. One, I mean, he obviously he talks just slightly about the two women that are having a disagreement. But other than that, it's just good advice that he's giving to people that love God. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be in some sort of a major conflict or anything else going on. This, this advice still holds true to every person all the time, every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks for listening. Yeah, God bless. Yeah. Bye.